In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. For the last nine days, what's ecclesiastically called a novena, we, with the um, Anglican Church throughout much of the world and uh, many parts of the Roman Catholic and Free Churches, we have been praying that God's kingdom may come in this phrase from the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come. But what does it actually mean? What are we praying for when we pray, Thy kingdom come? Jesus mentions the kingdom 149 times. Um, uh, Somebody's counted them, I'm afraid that's not me, but 149 times. It's at the core of his teaching in the scriptures, and yet he never defines it. It's only defined once in the whole of the Bible, And that's by St. Paul in his letter to the Romans. In this particular passage, he's addressing Christians who are arguing about keeping the Jewish laws um, of uh, kosher. And Paul rather irritatedly says, the kingdom of God is not about eating or drinking, It is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit. This gives us a way, I think, of summarizing the teaching of Jesus in his many, many parables. The kingdom of God is righteousness, Jesus emphasizes again and again the invitation that God gives us into life with him. God makes us holy so that we can be present with God. And the entry into that righteousness is mercy. The way we enter the kingdom is to become merciful, compassionate people. As we have received God's mercy, so we must show that merciful love to one another. As we pray later in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Mercy is a sign of the kingdom and our way into the kingdom. And then Jesus Jesus talks of the kingdom as coming from God. He emphasizes that it's God's kingdom. When he's uh, being interrogated by Pilate, he says to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. So, For Jesus, God's reign, God's kingdom, is not simply the replacement of one structure of power by a different one with God at the top. It's 
the kingdom is a fundamental reordering of how we live together as human beings in this world and the next. It's a breaking apart of human systems of domination, fear, and control. It's a beginning of true community where we share together all that we have. At times I find that rather disturbing and I want to pray like St. Augustine, thy kingdom come but not yet. Um, but, But that's not what we're asked to pray for. We're asked to pray, when we pray for the kingdom, we're praying to become merciful people who have received mercy. We're praying for a restructuring of our whole society so that it becomes peaceful where we share together all that we have. And then Jesus, this is to summarize most of the gospel, and then Jesus talks of joy and happiness. He says, do not be afraid, little flock, for it is God's will to give you the kingdom. Jesus wants to assure us that living in mercy and righteousness, that sharing with one another to receive God's peace, this is not a frightening thing. It brings joy. And so, in the teaching of St. Paul, when he says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit, it's a very elegant summary of what Jesus himself taught. And note for today that St. Paul describes the kingdom in terms of the Spirit. The kingdom of God is brought in by the Spirit. And the reverse is true, that the Spirit, the Spirit of God, is a sign of God's coming kingdom and the fullness of redemption for all who believe. You see how this operates in the reading from the book of Acts that we've heard. Um, The apostles pray together. The Spirit arrives in this disorienting way. Is it fire? Is it wind? Is it noise? And then they speak to a large group of people gathered in Jerusalem to pray from all around the Jewish world. The names are, the the places that people are from are arranged like um, a compass. So you can see it's from every part of the earth around Jerusalem. But more than that, almost all of these names are names of people who historically have been the enemies of Israel. The people who lived the people who lived in Mesopotamia, the Babylonians, the Persians, the Medes, 
the, em- the enemies of the Roman Empire at the time of Jesus, the Parthians, Asia, where the Hittite Empire was based, Egypt, where the Pharaoh oppressed God's people, and Libya, actually the centre of the Carthaginian Empire, the great foe of Rome, and then, of course, Rome itself, the empire that for many Jews was profoundly oppressive. The Spirit of God helps people from each of these violent places with a history of being an enemy of God's people. All of those people are gathered in by the Spirit. And note that they don't lose their identity, they don't lose their history, but who they are becomes a blessing for others. When in the church we are so profoundly divided from one another on many sort of painful issues, when our community is painfully broken apart by our political debate. We need to see that this is how the Spirit operates. The Spirit does not remove all our differences of view. It fills them with love. It makes those very differences part of the texture of the kingdom so they no longer wound but they contribute to a greater whole. The arrival of the Spirit is the arrival of God's kingdom. The presence of the Spirit is a sign of God's kingdom that is to come. One, an early church theologian um, who actually wrote the first book on the Holy Spirit, St. Basil, whose name means king, and so he wrote a lot about kingdoms, he describes the life of the Spirit like this. He says, imagine that you are lost in a great forest. The thick cover of leaves above you cast everything into darkness. You're stumbling over tree trunks and roots. You've lost all sense of direction You're being torn by brambles. And then in the distance, you see what looks like a little light. You walk towards the light and suddenly come into a clearing. And as you do, the clouds pull away and there is a beam of sunlight falling directly on you, giving you joy and warming you. Basil said, that is what the experience of meeting God the Holy Spirit is. It's meeting beauty and light and warmth. And every one of us feels that it is for us alone that in the words of another theologian, that if God had created the whole earth, it was just for me. 
This is part of receiving the Spirit fully. When we look up and see beauty, when we're filled with joy, when we feel warmth, when we have a sense that all that is made is a sign of love to me and then to others, then the breaking in of the kingdom has begun. Let us hear the words of St. Paul. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit. And so we pray, Our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come.